In this attic, lot going on, but there ain't no need to panic. Come on up and join, we getting wild, getting manic. Spitting truth for all you fanatics. Uh, every week got something new to say. Ain't no filter, this shit coming straight from the brain. It's coming straight from the brain. Yeah, it's coming straight, coming straight from the brain. What's up, everybody? Today is Tuesday, November 23rd, 2021. This is A Talk in the Attic, which means, of course, I'm your host, Kirk Ross. Coming at you today just a couple days before my personal favorite holiday of the year, Thanksgiving. To all of you listening from within the United States, happy Thanksgiving. A holiday that we all love, spent with friends and family, that's all about overindulgence. For those of you tuning in from an ever-growing roster of countries from around the world, you're probably thinking, hey, aren't all your holidays in the U.S. about overindulgence? Well, first off, I'm offended at the very accusation. And secondly, you're goddamn right that's what all of our holidays are about. But this one's different, you see, because this is the one that has somehow developed a narrative around European settlers coming in and peacefully learning the ways of the land from the natives who had inhabited this region for generations now, I'm no history scholar, but this storyline seems to have left out a few key parts. You know, genocidal slaughter, environmental destruction, mass marginalization. <laughs> but again, I'm no expert, like I said. And that's what separates this particular day of observance from others. It's as whitewashed as they get. And this is coming from a country who celebrates President's Day. This year, regardless of where you're listening or watching this from, let's all take a moment to remind ourselves that what we know is never the whole truth. And I'm not saying this just to inspire guilt within all of you wasps out there. In fact, as far as I know, I don't have any following within any insect communities. Turns out insects don't hear very well. Probably all that buzzing around they've been doing. The point of this is not to inspire guilt, but only meant to inspire perspective. So let's all be grateful for everything that's been provided to us. And if we can share something of ourselves, whether that's time or money or energy or even just a smile, then we should certainly do that, right? The past couple years have presented us with no shortage of examples of disgraceful happenings, a cornucopia of bullshit, if you will. And that's why this year, perhaps more than any that I can remember, the importance of what Thanksgiving is, is clearer and more needed than ever. Enjoy the football, enjoy the food, enjoy the days off, enjoy the company, and enjoy the fact that not only can you be around people with different opinions than you, but they are actually related to those people. A few pieces of advice. Now, look, these are just as much for me as they are for you. First, you don't need to eat until your food wasted. Do you really need that cold turkey sandwich just three hours after the largest meal you've had since last November? Probably not. Cool it. Next, if harmony is your goal on this turkey day, then let's skip the Kyle Rittenhouse conversation with your uncle altogether. Not worth it. And finally... Remember that if that same uncle happens to make any sudden movements in your direction, then you're well within your rights to shoot him to death with your AR-15, even if you're not legally allowed to possess such a weapon. As a bumper sticker I bought as an unaccompanied minor back in 1994 said, kill them all, let God sort them out. Okay, quick confession, that last tip of advice was just a way for me to purge all of this Rittenhouse nonsense before I wade into this long weekend filled with mixed company. And to follow up on the bumper sticker quip, I actually did buy a kill them all, let God sort them out bumper sticker at a gas station or something and affix it to my loft when I was like 10 years old. I don't remember just how long that little gem was allowed to hang in my room, but I bet you it wasn't very long. I want to welcome you to this special Turkey Day edition of A Talk in the Attic. I'm thankful that you're listening. I'm thankful that you're watching. 
I'm thankful that you're finally going to go over to patreon.com slash I talk in the attic and subscribe at just $5 a month. You know how NPR takes two weeks out of every year and hammers its listeners with donation requests incessantly, basically begging you? Yeah? Well, I'm thankful that I haven't had to do that. Yet. I'm also thankful that my audience understands a thinly veiled threat when they hear one. And I'm thankful for you. Sincerely. So let's start the show. Thanksgiving Day Marathon. Ha <laughs> ha, you thought the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade was boring. <laughs> and now we have the continuation of local chef Gerald Mueller's The Mueller Retort, the only cooking show on the air that manages wordplay on the now outdated Trump election scandal and Austria's favorite cake, the tort. Yes, but have you tried tort cook? You might say it's so delicious, it's scandalous. <laughs> As I was saying before the break, the 17th best way to fold your parchment paper before baking a batch of Pfeffernusen, the diagonal trigape fold, made famous by Gottlieb Daimler's mistress-slash-housekeeper Helga. I don't wish to rush this one, so I'm going to take my time to explain all 92 steps of this complex folding technique. I had never considered myself a violent woman, Kirk. Uh, but something in me snapped that Thanksgiving. Now, I don't know if it was all the cranberry sauce or maybe the Jagermeister or what, but when my cousin continued to focus on the exact rules of the board game, instead of just playing it, I couldn't take it anymore. And what happened next? Well, I jumped up and I screamed, Enough, Sarah! Can't we just play the fucking game? Who cares what the exact rule is? You know what else is a rule? Up to eight players! And when I look around, I see about 20 of you dumb motherfuckers in on this round. So we can ignore the only rule that the manufacturer deems important enough to put on the outside of the box? But you think it's necessary to go to the manual to figure out the tiebreaker protocol to see who goes first in the game? Okay. And then what? And then Sarah proceeded to read the entire rulebook aloud. And by the time she got to the end, only a few people even remained engaged in the game. Ah. And what next? And then I stabbed her with the, with the electric turkey carver. Do I regret it? That's a tough one. I spent a lot of Thanksgivings listening to that bitch get caught up in the rules. This is Kirk Ross, host of A Talk in the Attic, reminding all you Gen Z punks out there that just because I have long hair and a mustache, and that maybe I'm wearing large glasses atop a faraway look in my eye, and sure, maybe I'm sporting an army green rain parka, that doesn't mean that I was in Vietnam. Jesus, I was born in 1984 for fuck. What's Thanksgiving to me? Todd Wilkes? Well, that's easy, Kirk. I'm a father, sure, but newsflash, I've never really been too much into that responsibility if you catch my drift. I've always been more into being an uncle. And part of being an uncle, at least where I come from, is getting shit-faced every Thanksgiving until you're challenged to a throwdown with your nephew in the snow. Listen here, you little soy boy. Your opinion on politics don't matter none because I'm your uncle and I know more shit than you. Now either take a swing at me or mix me up one of them slippery nipples I taught you how to make back when you were in grade school. And that's when I saw my cousin's late-night creation. We called it the Mile High Sandwich. It had to be 20 inches tall. An inch for every shot of whiskey he consumed. 
But don't let his drunkenness and ultimate failure to dig into the masterpiece. Opting instead to nap with his pants down at his ankles at the foot of the countertop. Don't let that fool you. Because this was no joke. This sandwich was a textural roller coaster. Toasted sourdough bread. Chewy with a slight outside crunch. Surrounding layer upon layer of warm turkey slices. Mashed potatoes, stuffing, gravy, cranberry relish, gravy, a little more gravy. And oops, that looks like a lid from a Pringles can. Like I said, my cousin was creative in his drunkenness, if nothing else. Okay, this is called Thanksgiving Eve, an essay by Kirk Ross. Yours truly. Back when I was in college, and maybe even still, the night before Thanksgiving was the biggest bar night of the year. If you thought New Year's Eve was filled with partying amateurs, then Thanksgiving Eve was filled with partying amateurs and their cousins from out of town. I'm from Essexville, Michigan, a small suburb of the also-tiny Bay City, a municipality so soaked in booze that it hardly noticed when its lovely Saginaw River failed to freeze for more than 30 years. For real, though, Bay City was home to the highest per capita figure in the country of bars per capita, at least at one point. Last I knew, there were something like 85 bars in a city with only 35,000 residents. You do the math, if, if you're sober enough to do so. I only bring up this factoid in an effort to bolster my credentials and to kind of reiterate my authority I possess on partying stories. Look, just because I don't drink now doesn't mean I didn't drink a lot before. In fact, it usually works the opposite. Back in 2005, it was the first year in which I could legally hit the bar on the night before Thanksgiving. And my late grandma and grandpa Ross, who I miss dearly, were staying at my parents. We had just finished our Wednesday night dinner as an extended family when I ran upstairs to get ready so I could pick up my friends and get down to the bar. We better get down there. Who knows what we'll miss. I hurriedly washed my face and brushed my teeth. I rushed around my childhood bedroom searching for something to wear. By the time I made it downstairs, I was sweating from all the running around, combined with the pure excitement to link up with my old comrades. So I waited until the very last moment before I threw on my red puffy vest, a staple in my questionable mid-aughts wardrobe. And as I leaned in to hug my grandma, I was trying to figure out how to best tilt my head to avoid her attempt to kiss me on the lips. When at the same time I reached into my pockets, what the? Why are there two loose buttermilk biscuits in the pockets of my vest? Well, I've heard this is a big drinking night, Kirky. You should eat one of these biscuits every couple hours to help soak up the booze. We all busted out laughing before old Helen Ross swooped in for one more jab. Oh, and if you get too drunk, you could always just jump in the river and float it out till you're sober. You know, since you're wearing that life preserver. Well, as it turns out, I might have benefited from the biscuit booze mop method she'd recommended earlier that night, but under no circumstances, joking or otherwise, should you ever suggest... A drunk kid to jump into the river and float it out. Especially not the Saginaw River, which by then had enough actual water to freeze again, but barely. So feeling less than confident about my red vest choice, I headed to pick up my buddy Nick, who was at his childhood home just a few hundred yards away from mine, as the crow flies. As was customary at the time, and well, who am I kidding, still today, I queued up the perfect intro song for Nick as I waited in his driveway, eventually landing at Safety Dance by Men Without Hats. I can still feel the anticipation of waiting to see Nick popping out of the front door, shooting finger pistols into the air, blowing them off as he sized up a risky hurdle over the snowbank directly into my vehicle. As he did appear, I pressed play on my iPod, and the music blasted through my passenger side window. Reliable and lovable as ever. You know it. 
Slick shot finger pistols in the sky and blew them off before adding an unexpected turnaround jumper move. He swished it. And then he hurtled the snowbank gracefully, all the while singing safety dance and near perfect pitch. I get it, Nick. I can dance if I want to. We can dance if we want to. It wasn't Nick's aura or energy that had me worried on this particular Thanksgiving Eve, not even close. Instead, it was his wardrobe. And I know what you're thinking. Oh, the dude who had his puffy vest made fun of by his 83-year-old grandma was probably just seething at the very thought, searching for anyone downstream upon whom he might cast his fashion shame. But that wasn't it at all. If anything, I should have been elated that an even worse ensemble had joined my crew. Because Nick was decked out in an outfit that indicated he had either, in some clandestine fashion, picked up a full-time job managing a Staples, or that he was on his way to a corporate Christmas party, most likely at Staples. At this point, anything seemed possible. Anything seemed possible outside of this being something that Nick had knowingly and wittingly chosen to wear. Starting at his toes and moving skyward, he wore hiking boots, he wore pleated khakis, he wore a red sweater over a white turtleneck. After we got through the first verse of Safety Dance, but before I pulled out of his driveway, I warned Nick, this look might get you some razzing tonight, Slick, don't you think? Why? What's wrong with this, Marty McFly? Damn it. He had taken a dig at my puffy vest, too. Well, what's, what's wrong with it? Oh, nothing's wrong with it. If you were 10, or if you were managing a Target, but dude, I mean, it's, it's, it's festive, okay? Whether it was his pride or a true allegiance to the getup, I'll never know. But he decided to stick with it. And as we traveled to the next pickup on the route, Nick and I wondered aloud if anyone would razz either of us about our outfits and when. Consensus essentially was that we'd probably get some shit at some point, but hey, it was 2005. And negging one another was how we expressed our love. But not even I could have predicted the precision and efficiency with which we would be dissected that night. Because before I could even honk, a second time, Cody emerged from around his garage, walking briskly but carefully on his icy driveway. As he opened the rear door, the dome lights came on and illuminated the cabin. We hadn't even said hi yet when Cody, a smartass of particular quick wit, exclaimed, Hi Kirk, cool tech vest. Nick, happy holidays. What happened after that doesn't really matter. None of us likely remember anyhow. But holy smokes, I sure miss some of my friends. And boy, oh boy, do I miss that puffy vest. Happy Thanksgiving, y'all. Much love. Peace out. Just the band, 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 just the band